Hello my friends, welcome back to the Meerkat Musings podcast. I am your host Ben, I am discussing the morning after the night before of what for me was a great night of football. If you're a Man United fan, it won't have been a great night of football, but as a Liverpool fan, it was a wonderful night of football. And the the biggest demonstration yet as to our ambitions and Manchester United's Many, many problems, which seem to be getting worse almost of each and every single passing game. There's a lot to sort of unpack about this match. I am no expert by any means, you know. Uh, I mean, I I follow football. I, I play a bit of football manager. It doesn't make me a tactical genius by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I like to think that I know good football when I see it. Uh, I'd like to think I know bad football when I see it. And we had both on display last night at Anfield. So as far as uh, Manchester United are concerned, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I'm, I'm in many respects as a Liverpool fan, I'm, I'm pleased with their circumstances. I, I, I can't say that I haven't enjoyed watching them struggle. I did feel greatly for Cristiano Ronaldo, who uh, he missed the game yesterday on compassionate grounds, having lost uh, his uh, his baby son, which is a pain that I would not wish upon anybody. He um, quite rightly sat the game out because you can't expect someone to be focused on a, on a game of football in those circumstances. And it was very heartwarming. I, I was worried before the game that, that that maybe there would be an unpleasant reaction from the crowd uh, due to this. But in the seventh minute, Liverpool fans joined Manchester United supporters in a minute-long applause. Uh, number seven being, of course, Ronaldo's shirt number. And they even sang You'll Never Walk Alone as well, which I thought was a very nice touch. Uh, and it, it it was a fleeting moment of unity and of respect and of compassion in a, in a set of circumstances that are utterly tragic and absolutely absolutely horrible. I I don't think it necessarily affected the Man United players and team, although missing Ronaldo, who even you know, like thirty seven, I think he is now. Even at his age, he's still a tremendous threat. Uh, I think it was just a case of, even with him on the pitch, I think United would have struggled. But without him, I think Liverpool could could breathe a bit easier. And what Liverpool players had to do was concentrate on the job at hand, focus on what they needed to do. Whatever the circumstances of Man United, we had to go up there and be professional, do a job, get the points. At... After about an hour gone, after about an hour, we were winning 2-0. Man United were actually beginning to exert a bit of pressure, and I would have been very happy to take 2-0 there and then, because Man United actually started in the second half quite well. But we'll come back to that. In the first half, Liverpool took the lead after just four minutes. It was a relatively straightforward and simple move. Liverpool's pace troubled Man United's defence all game uh, but on this occasion it was a ball delivered by by Trent 
across the face of United's goal. And Diaz, who's such a wonderful new player in the team, was there to slide it home and open the scoring. I was watching a, a bit of um, of uh, YouTube, and there's a United fan whose whose name escapes me, but he was offering up a rather scathing analysis of United's uh, back five and three rather slow centre backs, particularly Harry Maguire, who has come in for a lot of stick. And I'm surprised, actually, that Maguire remains part of the England team, bearing in mind his recent performances. But you kind of almost feel, as, as, as an opposing team, when you're looking at the likes of Maguire and uh, Lindelof and Phil Jones, you know if you get at them with pace, you can, you can unsettle them and cause them problems. And that's what we were able to do pretty much throughout the entire game. The first goal settled any early nerves, and Liverpool just, from that point forward really, just kept passing the ball around very, very easily. United didn't try to press us. I think it was summed up by the commentators, uh, Gary Neville in particular was, was rather scathing of the United team, for the way in which they more or less just sort of strolled around at times. There was no urgency in United's play in the first half. They looked like a bunch of players who wanted the season to end. Uh, they were devoid of confidence. They were devoid of energy. And it was all too easy for us to pass it around and pass around them. The, by the end of the match, the possession stats were absolutely shocking. I think in the end, Liverpool had something like 72% possession, which in a game against Man United, it, it, that should be impossible because... Whatever the differences between the teams you expect, I mean, from a, from a Man United fan's point of view, I would wager that you expect them to show some fight, some effort at the very least. But there wasn't even any effort. There was no fight until until sort of the second half, by which point damage was already done. We got a second goal in the middle of the first half. It was Mo Salah scoring for the first time in, in several games, actually. And he must love facing Man United. Uh, once again, it was, it was a question of his his pace and movement, unsettling United uh, to grab what was an easy goal, really, for him. And you felt for, for Man United keeper De Gea because he's a great goalkeeper, in my estimation, who has been a part of a team now where he's watched them go from some big highs and he's just watched them get worse and worse and worse. And he's remained loyal to them. But if he were to leave at the end of the season, then United would find themselves in a very sticky situation because he has at times single-handedly rescued them points because no one else seems to be able to do it. But Liverpool ended the first half having absolutely dominated. I don't think United even were able to... I think United may have had one shot in the first half, that might even be being generous. In the second half, as I say, United did come out of the blocks a little bit more, and they did fight a bit more for the ball, they did push, they did press a bit more. There were one or two occasions where they looked like they were unsettling Liverpool a bit, although part of that may have been, and probably was, because maybe we'd gotten complacent as opposed to any big step forward by United. 
Uh, Van Dijk, in particular at the start of the second half, was maybe not quite as focused as he should have been, but it's a testament to Jurgen Klopp that he will not tolerate things like that. And even from a position of relative comfort in the in the match, Klopp's on the sidelines screaming at his players, shouting at, the, at them, demanding that they do better, which is great. You know, he, he lights a fire under the team. The, the players want to win for him. He has this great rapport with his squad. And it was on show yesterday uh, in spades. Whereas uh, United's caretaker keeper, as he is, um, Ragnik, well, um, I mean, he just, he looks like he was despairing at various points during the game. It almost looked as though he couldn't be bothered. I mean, he knows that he's only there as a stopgap measure. The players know he's there as a stopgap measure. Are they playing for him? Are they even playing for the shirt? It didn't look like it, really. Uh, whereas you know, Klopp's passion and energy was there for everyone to see. We got to around about the hour point with, with United, as I say, somewhat doing better and Liverpool perhaps having taken their foot off the gas. And then the game turned with... An interception by, uh, by by Robertson, who has been such a terrific left-back for us. He bombed forward, as he can often do, and he, he, he got forward to Diaz, who then has slotted the ball across into United's penalty area for Mane to strike first time and arrow the ball to De Gea's left into the corner of the net. 3-0 and any fight United may have had at that point was sucked from them and the remainder of, the remainder of the game was easy. It was back to what it was like in the first half. Liverpool knocking the ball around comfortably, passing crisply. Thiago, his distribution was, was great. Alisson played some great uh, great balls actually. Some, he took some risks at times which were unsettling to see but he was brimming with confidence in goal and it showed. Uh, he actually pulled off a couple of good saves as well. But ultimately, once that third goal went in, that was it. Came over and Liverpool were able to sort of stroll to a comfortable victory. Adding a fourth goal late on with, uh, with Mo Salah getting his second. And what a confidence boost it will be for Salah as well. He wasn't he wasn't completely sharp. There were still a few indications that maybe he's, he's, he wasn't at his absolute best. But... Grabbing a couple of goals, plus grabbing an assist as well. Um, in fact, it might have been Salah that created the goal for Diaz rather than Trent. Just sort of reflecting upon it. Uh, but it was... Yes, it was actually Salah, because I'm thinking of the old Trafford game where Trent set up a goal. Um, but, yeah, you know, great for Salah, of course. Two goals and an assist will be a, a big confidence boost, which... At this point in the season, as we get into the crunch point now in the title race and the battle for other trophies, it's great to have Mane scoring regularly. It's great to see Diaz scoring and it's great to see Salah getting back on the score sheet. Every single uh, sort of one of the, of the starting front three for Liverpool got on the score sheet and they, they all played pretty well and it was just it was a comfortable game. And as much as I'm pleased with that, of course, as a, as, a, as a Liverpool fan, it shouldn't be a comfortable game. As a matter of fact, each time we play United, 
I get nervous because I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, well, the United will be up for this. Surely they're going to fight. At Old Trafford, I thought, you know, we're away against one of our biggest rivals. Forget form, because form goes out the window in matches like this. But instead, United just rolled over, and they did it again at Anfield. Apart from one brief spell in the second half, United were never in the game. Like I say, it finished with this insane difference in possession. To, to have over 70% possession in a game against Man United is, is sensational and staggering. And it's a reflection of the difference in the two teams, in the mentality, in the quality. For many, many years, I had to watch as Man United kept winning things. Their squad under Sir Alex Ferguson um, was, was always very, very strong and... Perhaps more importantly, they were always motivated, they were always hungry. Uh, as much as I sometimes really don't like the bloke, you've got to say that Sir Alex knew how to marshal a squad of players and hone them into a team. And he knew how to, to refresh and update that team to keep them strong, to keep them focused. He knew how to address weaknesses in the squad. And pretty much as soon as he left, it was like a switch was clicked. It's like someone turned off the lights because with pretty much the same team of players that had won the title the previous season, uh, David Moyes ended up failing to even get Man United into the Champions League. And part of me has actually wondered if maybe Sir Alex didn't play a little bit of a game there uh, with, with United for the sake of his own reputation. Don't know if that's true, of course. It might well not be true. But it was just the timing of a few things... Um, such as, for example, comments about Rooney, why would Sir Alex unsettle Man United's star player at the time uh, on the eve of a new season? Um, I don't know, that was a bit weird, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, United, United's decline sort of began in that moment, really. Moyes could not get out of that title-winning squad anything like the same level of performance. And from there, United have have lurched from manager to manager, including some high-profile names. But they've been unable to gel. And part of that is not just down to the managers, but it's also down to the club itself. It's the decisions around who to buy, who to sell, when players have been sold, and investment in the team structure. It's all been very, very flaky. Because you would expect normally managers like um, they had Luis um, Van Gaal, they've had Jose Mourinho, uh, none of them have been able to produce anything remotely like what you would expect. And okay, you know, perhaps you could also argue that some of these guys are not necessarily at the height of their powers anymore. I mean, Mourinho brought his own dramas, to put it mildly. But yeah, I mean, successive United managers have now come and gone, and. They've just, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, he came in, he rode the crest of a wave based on reputation and optimism, but his inexperience sort of really showed this season. United have spent a huge fortune on some players. I mean, they're paying Ronaldo insane wages. They spent a lot of money bringing in Rafael Varane from Real Madrid. And of course, um, Jadon Sancho from Borussia Dortmund. But... There were still many, many weaknesses in that team. It's all well and good having a defender like Varane, but when he's paired alongside someone like Maguire, who's clearly not enjoying his football right now, you're inviting trouble. 
players who have shown potential but haven't necessarily pushed on, like um, Luke Shaw and Wan-Bissaka, they need to kick up the arse, to put it bluntly, in order to pick up their game, because they haven't played well enough for United. And the middle of their pitch, they've got, in theory, in principle, someone like Paul Pogba, he, when he turns it on, he's actually a really, really good player. He should be one of the best players in the world, but he just doesn't show up. He doesn't seem to want to show up. He is someone who won a World Cup, let's not forget, with France. He tends to turn up for France, but for whatever reason with United, under successive managers, he's just had this attitude of, I can't be bothered. He, he went off very early against Liverpool with a... Um, supposed injury, but he he didn't look particularly injured. It's like he just couldn't be bothered. And then you've got players like Fred and McTominay, who I'm sure Man United fans would agree with me, are not good enough to marshal the centre of that Man United midfield. And so they're overrun in in midfield. Their defence is is outpaced quite easily, and. Minus Ronaldo as well, you've got to say they're kind of toothless up front. It's all well and good having players like Sancho, uh, who for some reason Solskjaer hardly played in the first half of the season. But at the moment, I feel for Marcus Rashford. I want to like the guy, because uh, off, off the pitch he does, does some good work. But it, his lack of confidence was, was very evident in the Liverpool game. There were one or two opportunities, one or two half chances where... He just completely fluffed his lines and a, and a different day or a different striker might have at the very least tested the keeper. But Rashford's, Rashford's lack of morale really sort of showed. And you know, again, he's a Man United player, so I don't say want him to do brilliantly. But from the point of view of an England fan, an England supporter, I would like to see English strikers and players you know, push on, kick on, do a bit better. I don't know that he is going to be one one of them, uh, unfortunately for him. But for us, for Liverpool, what a night. You know, we, we did what we needed to do. The trajectory of the two clubs has been very, very different uh, for a number of years now. And we had an opportunity in, the, in, in 2014 to, to win the title and we blew it. But we... You know, we, we sense sort of pushed on. The, the structure of the team, of the club, is good. We took on someone like Klopp and we gave him time. And we we let him kind of identify what needed to be changed and updated. And he's made some astute signings. He's addressed areas of weakness and transformed the team from also rounds into a team that can compete for trophies across multiple fronts. He's turned us into Premier League winners uh, and he's turned us into Champions League winners as well in recent years. You look at what he's done, bringing in Mane, for example, what a signing that was. Um, the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, of course, as well in goal were, were crucial signings for us. He's brought Trent Alexander-Arnold into the fold brilliantly. And he's also taken players who were perhaps good and he's moulded them into better players than they were. I mean, you look at, for example, Jota. You look at Jordan Henderson. Uh, you look at uh, the likes of uh, Matip and uh, Robertson at left-back. 
and you look at everything that he's done really he's just done it so well and he has energy he has passion the way in which you know he, he's thumping his chest and doing the fist bump with the fans at the end of every game uh, is is a sign of how much he loves this club how much the fans love him uh, you know he, he's doing this for them the players are doing it for the fans as well they're doing it for the manager there's a real buzz about Anfield right now. It's entirely possible that we may not win another trophy this season. You know, we, we have to go up against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. I'll back Liverpool against Chelsea all day long. But Chelsea on their day are fully capable of winning. Manchester City could yet pip us the Premier League title. We could win all our remaining games and still finish one up because Man City are more than capable of winning all the remaining games as well. And there are no guarantees we'll win the Champions League. We have to get through Villarreal in the semi-finals, and people are thinking it's Villarreal. Yeah, but let's not forget they did beat Bayern Munich. And if we get through to the final, we could win up against Man City again, or we could end up against Real Madrid. Either way, there are no easy fixtures left anymore every game is effectively like a cup final now and as i said there were no guarantees we're going to win another trophy this season but whether we do or we don't this is a team that has belief this is a team which is capable of winning against anyone and we have this incredible manager this incredible hunger it's going to be tough but we have every reason to believe. And I, for one, uh, I, I'm looking upon this and from some really real dismal points uh, over the last sort of couple of decades, now we have something truly special. A team worthy of winning trophies, worthy of winning multiple trophies. And the future for this team is as bright as I can ever remember it being.